Hello and welcome to the next episode in the Creators Collective podcast. Um, I'm Sam and I'm your host and I'm here with Rosemary, Hello. who's hosting with me today. Uh, and the, this episode, we've got our next guest on the show, which is Ben Rigdon. Hello, what's up guys? Like, welcome Ben. <laughs> so Ben, is uh, you're part of CC Spitz, you go to the church here at Christchurch Woodfields. Um, yeah, it's great to start off just a little bit about yourself and how long you've been connected to the church and that kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I moved here the UK in 2017 uh, where I was and I did a little bit of a gap year in Wales and then from there I moved to here in London and to do uni uh, I did business management at Queen Mary University London uh, most of first year I was going to another church uh, the Good Shepherd's Mission mm-hmm. uh, because my parents knew people from there yeah. um, but then I was also at the Christian Union in Queen Mary, and that's where I met our good friend Barnaby Simmons. Mm-hmm. And he invited me over to CC Spitz, and it was a lovely place. Uh, I, I felt like it suited my, me and what I was going through at that time as a student a lot better than uh, my previous church, even though I did, I did enjoy my time in my previous church, um, because there was just a younger, uh, younger group of churchgoers, yeah. mm-hmm. people within my age range, people, within my, people who shared my experiences. Uh, yeah, it would be interesting to hear more about your sort of journey with music and what, what that's like. Where did it, where did it start? Yeah. When did you first have an interest in music? Be a good place. I mean, like, like everything really, I feel like it starts in one's childhood. Um, and funnily enough, it didn't, um, in my situation, it didn't feel like it actually started in my childhood. Mm. Um, uh, it was more towards my adolescence, really, like, in single, excuse me, in India, growing up, uh, I was my parents, um, like the the church that we were in and the church planting my parents were involved with. Uh, it there was a lot of worship music going on, um, and at the same time there wasn't a lot of uh, connection at that time of my life to um, popular culture or pop music or radio music or so on and so forth, any and anything in that realm. Uh, at that point of time wasn't in English, it was in Hindi mm. and it was connected to uh, like Bollywood movies that I may or may not have watched. Mm. Um, I didn't watch all of them. Uh, I didn't particularly, wasn't particularly interested in watching movies at that point of time uh, either. Uh, I don't know, I, I didn't really then. Um, so, I, so I'd say that like overall, I didn't have that much of a connection early on mm. with music um, until I was about 14 or 15. Um, which is when I moved over to Singapore Mm -hmm. and in Singapore I kind of uh, music was just more available it was being passed around it was being shared on Bluetooth it was being shared on Facebook it was being all my classmates were listening to it it was being played in the shopping centers Um, it was more of a I feel a staple to to like young life Mm -hmm. in Singapore so that's when I kind of it became my own and like I, I, I enjoyed it like as my own thing for the first time rather than you know um, I guess he, like hearing it in a movie or or, or, or or hearing it mostly through worship because um, I was able to be, find this music out for myself hop on YouTube hop on Vevo back <laughs> YouTube Vevo back in the day uh, this thing called the thing called Groove Shark as well, which is to- looking back, it's totally illegal. I don't know how they managed to <laughs> to keep their um their subscription like their service going, but like you could basically listen to any music for free. 
um, and then eventually Spotify. But at that time, yeah, uh, I, feel, I feel like it became more of my own interest. Um, the kind of music I was listening to when I first got to Singapore was what was popular then. So like Black Eyed Peas and Keisha and <laughs> Rihanna and Eminem and oh yeah, all those big artists. Um, and then eventually, like hearing all this, hearing all this pop music, Justin Bieber, whatever, who else, um, Sean Kingston, I kind of gravitated more towards uh, rap and hip hop. Mm. Um, and yeah, that became kind of my genre. Start, I started off listening to pretty much purely just, just rap in Singapore. Um, and then slowly got used to and enjoyed uh, the melodic, like in um, melodic parts that were getting put into this genre as it grew. And now actually, like, uh, it's so funny, it's, it's almost gone full circle and if I hear like a, if I listen to, to, to a song and, and unless the whole song is like really good or really entertaining, uh, then if it's just, you know, a man or woman just like rapping with no melodic elements to a beat, it's just boring to me at this point. <laughs> and now I'm just, I listen to more like melodic rap and R&B than any other genre. And I definitely say now like, like R&B is my top genre. Um, it just changes like and can you say a bit about how you got from listening to making it really was just as simple as like uh, this sounds really good uh, I want to I, I listen to it all the time I just want to try to experience it in a new way or a new level and that would mean try, trying to make it mm. <laughs> um, yeah and I just I had a little iPad um, in Singapore and downloaded this little app called iMachine, uh, which was a, an application with like 16 drum pads based off of the old, uh, what's it called? The old actual iMachine um, hardware, piece of hardware that was developed by, I think, I'm not gonna just go and say the wrong company, but a certain company, I forget. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say uh, Novation, but I know that's not actually the company. They do their own one. Um, and yeah, they, they, they turned this, hardware into a little app for iPad yeah. and I was just fiddling with it like hitting little pads and recording beats on the iPad and that's how it started yeah. and then the same um, mentor I talked about uh, Mr. Smith if you ever hear this shout out to you um, he, he said hey you know you, you're making some good stuff with this iPad but you need to get yourself a, a DAW a digital audio workstation um, which is basically a more developed um, piece of software to, for your laptop to record yeah. and produce music on um, and because I had a MacBook at that time he said just go with Logic Pro um, and I was like okay Logic Pro it is then <laughs> the fact, this is in the days where you didn't have to pay a subscription for everything yeah. so um, that's my parents they helped me buy Logic Pro for my laptop and I just kept I just fiddled with that for a while and it started off with making beats and then eventually started writing two said beats and recording songs and they were terrible they were <laughs> <laughs> you th yeah uh there's no other way to put it they're just uh dreadful but, but relate to that because i think sometimes yeah. when you start doing something yeah. it's terrible <laughs> it doesn't mean you're not good or that yeah, you you're, you don't love what it is you do yeah. but there is something about going through the awfulness of the beginning yeah. which is horrible to be in <laughs> 
did you realise it was terrible? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 Because it's only when you go back to it, you're like, oh my god. I feel like when you're when you're making things, or at least in my experience, when I was making music earlier on, just because I did it and nobody else was doing it, and I couldn't like compare myself with anybody. Uh, I thought it was great. Like I thought I was doing a great job and whatever. Um, every now and then you'll you'll I guess you'll you'll play a song you've recorded, and then open Spotify and then listen to something right after and be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thankfully that didn't happen too yeah. much. Otherwise I might have just stopped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah but yeah, like uh, definitely not like I hate to say it, but definitely I don't feel like there was a. Like everybody, like the people who would hear me, hear the stuff and, and, and see what I'm doing said there was a spark, but there was no particular like, oh, fish to water. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's, he's, he's like set aside for this. Oh, he's like really good from day one. Like that's mm-hmm. just, that's, I don't think that's ever been me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm okay with that because it's meant I've been able to learn how to uh, work hard at the given um, thing in mm-hmm. front of me. And that's what happened with music. If it's difficult to to manage quote unquote career or school with uh, alongside your own artistic passions now, it's insane to think that even back then it was difficult for me as just a kid in Singapore because uh, going uh, the school I was at, um, like any school really in Singapore, even if it wasn't a local school at that point, I'd, I'd been to local school and then I went to an international school and even the international school was quite time consuming and I was very uh, thankfully um, focused on studies and I wanted to do well and mm. get my grades and get into a good uni um, so that took up most of my time and I realised if I if I didn't find a way to essentially force myself to get down to recording music yeah. excuse me at this point of time before uni and everything it probably wouldn't happen yeah. mm. um, so another little story is that in light of that, um, uh, and the, in the last year of the school I went to, they did give a they did have an option to do a special project uh, rather than what, what all the other ones were, which was essentially a an actual thesis you had to write um, research and then write your thesis and then present it essentially. Yeah, and they gave the option to do a special project that could be pretty much anything, yeah. and because not necessarily because I was bad at at researching and writing, but because I thought it was lame yeah. compared to <laughs> making music, um, I request I put it in a request to to essentially just record a an EP mm. for my project, um, and they said yes. So Great. I was excited, yeah. and I figured, hey, you know this this makes me this forces me to do yeah. to do to do music, yeah. uh, and if I don't. If I don't, if I find ways to not do music in the situation and like work, you know, focus on my schoolwork, then I don't graduate because mm-hmm. this EP is will is is a make or break yeah. for actually graduating from the school. Um, so yeah. But you built that in there deliberately yeah, yeah. for yourself. Yeah. That was something that do you feel that's something you needed? Was that something to actually maybe make you do it to force I, you to do it? To yeah, that's yeah, that's how it felt like then, um, and and it may it may very well have been like what kept me in music I guess mm-hmm. because I was I <laughs> there's a lot of things I wanted to do let's mm-hmm. put it that way yeah. 
in life, even now, there's a lot of things I want to do in life that I just don't. I just don't allow myself to because I I need to live and I need to pay rent. And uh, unfortunately, growing up in 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 Asia, uh, in which there's a lot of pressure to succeed academically and to and to um, do well in all these like not that it's not the case here, but it's it's just a different kind of situation there there's a lot of yeah. pressure to do that and i just succumbed to that pressure every time um which is why i felt like the need to build in and force myself to to do the actual creative things i have to do um i think that's quite important actually having to to, to structure your your time and your if, if it's something that you care about like you and your music actually is that it's very easy to to have other things start to build up and actually to carve out and to create that time it requires a lot of discipline doesn't it would you yeah yeah and then and then I did that and uh, it had actually the EP that I ended up with uh, I recorded alongside Mr. Smith mm. mentor third time he showed up now in the convo bless him yeah but mentors are important aren't they yeah yeah definitely I think it's something that's going to keep coming up in this yeah. podcast is is the importance of mentors and those mental figures mm-hmm. could you before we carry on could you tell us a bit more about Mr Smith and about what that relationship how that formed yeah. he's he was a teacher at the school I was at um he had done music all his life essentially he was apparently also quite an accomplished um uh, football collegiate athlete but he hides a lot of things about his past <laughs> so he didn't actually tell us much about that um, and then also another thing he tried to hide from us but we found out as kids is that he actually was in a quite successful touring band mm-hmm. in the US before he felt called like away from that scene by God um, and then he onwards from there if my memory serves me right he moved into more um, music education mm-hmm. He'd been, he'd worked at different schools and then he was called out to Singapore to work in the school I was at and he was our uh, music teacher. Mm. He did a lot of, he did like classes in music theory, um, guitar, he also like like teaching kids guitar and then obviously some of these creative projects that came his way, he uh, kind of looked over, yeah. um, which was at that point in time my uh, senior thesis mm. uh, EP. So he was assigned to be my individual kind of um, mentor for that project, whereas everybody else got like the the guy who was doing a lot of the research, um, like look, overseeing of the research and the, and the yeah. thesis creation statement. Mm. Da, da, da. Um, and that's how I got to know him better. I'd been in a in a piano like keyboarding class with him yeah. before, so I knew I knew him before that, but uh, we got to work together and and I'd love to say like I made the EP but it's literally just both of us like because I yeah. that was the first time I actually not the first time I was making music because I was writing and producing before that a little bit but the first time I actually recorded music yeah. Mm. um yeah which it's kind of I don't know like looking back it's kind of insane that um my first EP was also like the, f- the first the first my first EP that I put out mm. and played in, in front of like 200 people mm. were some, were basically the first five songs I ever finished wow. and recorded wow. which is so insane yeah. like looking back I'm like that like I would never do something like that at this point mm. because I, I tell everybody you need to you need to create some sort of a little 
bank of of music first you need to know what you're doing mm. before you you know put something out or like this and that and this and that but i like the wildness of it because yeah. sometimes you don't know what you don't know and Literally. when you start out in something Absolutely. you do things that five years on you look back and you think i would never have done that but yeah. there is something about just doing it without yeah. realizing yeah. and we created these five songs uh at his place in singapore he had a lovely setup with his speakers and mic he knew exactly what he was doing because um, of his uh, background in recording. Um, four were terrible. One was okay. So... Yeah. <laughs> That's not bad considering it's your very first yeah, set yeah. of songs. Exactly. So, um, so at the end, like I'm, at, when I finished it and I played it, like my dad came in at one point after school and listened to it, I was really, I was really proud. Like yeah. I was like, yeah, 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 I finished a little EP. So almost ready to upload and then like show it all, you know, my school friends or whatever, like in, on a stage and everything. Mm. Um, uh, and I was glad it was done and I did it. But then on my way home, I listened to it. Um, I, I don't know if it was the pre-mix or it was the mixed and mastered version, but I, I messaged Mr. Smith. I listened to it, I messaged Mr. Smith and I was like, I don't like it. <laughs> I wasn't going to lie to him. I was like, I don't, know, I don't know if it's great. And he was like, He's also quite realistic, so he's like, "Hey, you know, it's not the best thing in the world, but we did it." But you did um, it, yeah. and there, yeah, there are really some, important. yeah, it, and there are some it. points that were like, there are some points where it it shows some like some great mm. abilities yeah. that you have and you will continue to develop. Um, and it came up with what was it? And it meant the creation of the one okay song, one which uh, which I think was a very like um, a very authentic, um, meaningful song that came from a good like from a very honest place and thankfully it was also not a bad song yeah um so i played that one and another one um as my presentation um and i remember like pressing play then walking up um into the audience uh where, and my seat was at the back on purpose and on the far right side um and i, I played the song and i walked up as the song was playing to that seat. I didn't stay up there, because that'd be awkward as hell. So I walked back into the seat and I looked uh, away. I looked like to my right. Uh, so I couldn't see anybody. Yeah. I couldn't look at anybody's reaction. Mm -hmm. Till this day, I don't know what, how people reacted in terms of what they looked like or anything. People were, were probably looking at me yes. um, because they knew where I sat in the audience, but uh, I didn't see, yeah. you know? Yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. I don't know how to, I didn't know how to uh, how to how to present that or respond to that. Yeah, so I just looked away. Yeah. I looked out out the window until both songs were finished, basically. Um, and I feel like the people. I feel like the people who didn't like it because it was bad, didn't tell me. Thank God. Mm -hmm. um, and the people who who like who liked some parts and and liked the effort did tell me. And mm -hmm. I wouldn't have it any other way. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that's great. So that kind of started my music journey yeah. interesting that like yeah. what what you really needed to start that whole journey was that opportunity mm -hmm. and to and to take it and to actually be, be quite brave in a lot of that mm -hmm. um and then obviously to have this mentor figure to like mm -hmm. lead you through that whole process and everything yeah. and i still call him from time to time um just talk about stuff mm -hmm. so yeah he's a great guy does what does do, has he listened to your more recent Music that's yeah. clearly increased. He's so. heard all my releases, I believe, mm. um, and I've sent him demos, and I've we've done a little bit of like, 
he's sent me stuff he's working on in terms of mm. instrumentation and I've written to it and recorded to it um, not so much recently but mm. like there's been back and forth and he would uh, I remember at points of time 2019 2020 when he heard what I was doing and um, and like how it sounded he said you know this thing you sent me is, is great and it's a lot better than the last thing so whatever you were doing to make this whoever you were working with wherever you were whatever tools you were utilizing keep keep doing those keep mm. working with those things because it's a great improvement mm. um, and I thought yeah that's really straightforward but that makes a lot of sense mm. um, and yeah I mean he needs to I'm gonna say, I gotta send him some more stuff because that's the weird thing about music is like even whether I record a whole lot or I record just a little bit it always I everything seems a little bit better like I wish I could I wish the music I was making now uh, the level that I the level of like songs I write and record now I wish that was the level that I could write and record songs at like 17 mm. like like is the case with a lot of, a lot of artists but that's not the case mm. so it is what it is mm. um, late bloomer I guess <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's an ongoing process. Yeah. You, as you say, yeah. I think that's really that's fantastic that you have this honesty about your process and yeah. it's like you're always yeah. learning, always growing in your work. And I think that's the exciting thing is that it will just keep getting better. Your work just keeps improving. And, yeah. and that you're, you know, you're early on in it. There's still so much time to, mm -hmm. to keep developing it. Um, yeah. I was interested in what you said about the difference between recording and performing. So do you do a lot of performing? Um, is, has that been part of kind of you being a musician for, from making... Maybe like three times I've ever properly performed music. Um, and it is a very different process. Uh, and actually, I don't particularly like the whole performance mm. aspect of music. I don't, I don't really watch live shows much. Um, when I see them on like my feed or whatever, I don't particularly engage with, with the live performance aspect of music. I don't really go to music festivals or, okay. or that kind of stuff. Uh, the the most entertaining part of music to me is creating it in a studio, um, and it's not the best thing. Obviously, you'd you'd, you'd want a you'd want a recording artist to to also be mm -hmm. um, enthusiastic and and down to like perform all the time. I'm not, and I'm I'm sure surely uh, maybe one day that'll that'll be the case. But uh, that considering how disparate different of aspects they are like it I can I can understand why that would be the case there's a, I feel like there's artists out there who actually it's the other way around like they yeah, they, they they just go all out in performing but uh, they kind of just throw stuff together when they record um, just because of like how they are as people um, I like to point out that sometimes when when it's on this subject I like to point out that the, one of the greatest performers ever uh, MJ Michael Jackson. If you in one of his interviews, he was like, um, somebody asked him to to re like record promo for for his tour, for his touring, um, and on on the B roll for that uh, for that essentially interview that they were they were taping, he's like, it's like, ah, oh, guys, oh, I hate, I hate, I hate recording, I hate touring. Uh, it's just so hot and it just takes so much time and uh, I hate it. I want to be in the studio. But it's great. Let me let me try to let me try to sell it, guys. I'm, I'm I'll, I'll pretend I love it. And then the <laughs> then the cameras recorded, and he's like, "Guys, it's been a great day, and oh, I can't do this, guys." And then he just, <laughs> cause like, and you know, you know, if if, if somebody as good as uh, who's that good at performing yeah. didn't actually like it that much, yeah. you know, it can happen to. Yeah. 
What is it about the studio then, like the studio recording experience that you love? What is it that like makes excites excite you about that? Mm, just the complete freedom to uh, to create, to innovate. Um, whether that's alone or with with a small group of people that you trust, um, it's just a more enjoyable situation for me. Who for somebody like me who's a little bit more. Uh, introverted mm. uh, and I like to control the space I'm in yeah. um, and just you know I like the recording and singing and making melodies and whatnot yeah. I just prefer that to to having to perform um, and when I say perform like not only just even just perform music just perform as an individual like yeah. put on a front and like um, and be in front of so many people um, thankfully I don't I don't think I have the kind of anxiety or stage fright that is all too common, yeah. but just it's not something I I just naturally enjoy doing. Mm. I guess if you do something, if you make a terrible song or you mess up in the studio, it doesn't literally doesn't matter. Yeah. The only thing that matters maybe is that oh you're paying for this time yeah. uh, in in said recording studio, so you want to utilize it. Um, but everybody just records at home now anyway so I was yeah. about to ask you about that so yeah. apart from studio time would you do like voice notes and things or do you write things down yeah. or, or where do you get your yeah what's your process for yeah. ideas and inspiration and, and bringing that together uh, before I had a little home studio uh, of my own especially when I was like living in in uh, Wales and I'd have to go to a studio I'd rent out a, a little studio in Wales um it would be a lot of like beat ideas or lyric ideas that I would use voice notes for. Um, and they just come to me at any time, essentially. I just record them and put them down. And funnily enough, I wouldn't necessarily, like when I went into the, into the studio, I wouldn't actually most of the time build from them. I'd just come up with something while I was in the studio at that point of time. Um, unless, unless said voice note or, or said like, actual text note was full, like a full enough idea to turn into a song quite quickly um, and nowadays I do very little of that because the actual equipment is so readily available like, like right in front of me in my own room um, and I think I prefer it this way because like that way my um, my first take or my second take can actually be the take um, everybody says in, in recording if you like your first take lots of times you just end up going with it um, because that was that was the point at which that idea was the most natural yes. and yeah. the most authentic yeah. even if it wasn't um, the best like the best sung version yes. take yeah. or the best yeah. the best um, announced take mm -hmm. in terms of like enunciation pronunciation um, it still sometimes just sounds the best yes. um, and yeah, that that's been the case for. I think. Um, for nearly all my songs, uh, yeah, all the yeah. Once I started being, once I started like controlling my own recording process, <laughs> for better or for worse, the first take is just always the take yeah. I used. Mm. 
the first Tate thing sounds so interesting as well because it feels like that's maybe where the energy is. You know, you talked about being authentic, and I agree with you. Like when when there's re-recordings of things, sometimes the execution is better. It's more polished, but the initial energy of it is is different, and perhaps yeah. that is what is the driver for yeah. for things there. And it's interesting thinking about it in a, kind of like the form of rap. I wonder what what that is about. Just kind of, I don't know. It's yeah. something about a rhythm. Um, unsurprisingly, it's it's a very common thing. It's commonplace in okay. in, in rap music. Uh, a lot of artists that I that I look up to musically, they 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 haven't actually written lyrics okay. down for years. Okay. <laughs> so, yes, very much yeah. That way. yeah. Um, it's like a lot of music mm. that 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 people hear, like within hip hop in the radio nowadays, is like literally freestyled. Um, Jay Z has never written down anything he's rapped and he he was inducted into the songwriters hall of fame like last year that's such an interesting actually way to think about process with song with songwriting and just creatives in general that freestyle and stuff yeah and and do you do freestyle yeah because i wanted to be cool like them um (laughs) and uh yeah and and it also just was natural to me as well just like whatever is on my mind when i hear this beat just say it and then Say and then and then like think a little bit after like four bars of recording and say something more and then think a little bit four bars of recording say something more because that was how I it developed anyway but not necessarily uh, best practice in terms of writing a good song um, and putting t- together something that like that that I guess was more meaningful um, in terms of your faith has that what does that interact with like your creative decisions or your creativity in any way at all it's affected how i think about how i'm seen and how i'm perceived um and i guess who i am in a in a, in a public in, in the public eye yeah. in the potentially public eye i guess um so it's like my faith and and thinking about all that has meant that i've not done things like I've not mentioned things I've chosen specifically to to keep to keep all my songs clean mm-hmm. and uh, to not encroach topics that like aren't, aren't gonna help myself or help the listener because yeah. I know there's all sorts of people who are gonna be listening to this young old Christian non-Christian and I felt like um, to present my like to present myself how I should be then I should um, like shy away from a lot of the actual like cr- unhelpful talk topics that have that are that come up so often yeah. in in music and especially I feel like rap and R&B music um in terms of so that's that's almost like uh that so in that space that is uh not saying things yeah. in terms of saying things in the opposite light in terms of like saying something that that like god inspired um i've had my moments i feel uh within songs where i put things in which like i feel are like god breathed um mostly in demos that i haven't put out yet um and 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 i feel like once once if the whole song is like that i feel like it turns into a worship song yeah um to me at least and I don't know. I don't know if I'm called to make worship music per se. Mm. Uh, I felt like if I was, then 
it'd be something that has had come, had come to my mind a little bit earlier but you never know how it works yeah because if your music not necessarily you don't feel this calling towards worship music what what role do you want to see your music perform and what you know what's your vision for, for what your music can do well like in light of the craziness of life recently if God even wants me to do like be a recording artist and like release music with the intent to try to spread it and earn off of it essentially uh, if God even wants me to do that then um, I would see my role as being um, a digestible voice like a like a, a voice amongst this 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 loud this loud cacophony of like of of music that's coming out to these kids something that is approachable mm. in in sonically but uh starts to stir a little bit yeah. starts to stir yeah. them up a little bit about what i'm saying and yeah. and more even maybe more importantly what i'm not saying mm. um i feel like there's times and places for for just like pulling out the jesus saves sign mm. um and even i even back in the day, times times and spaces where it's like repent or go to hell, like that that apparently did work back in the day at certain points of time. But I don't feel like in this in this scene and if, and who, who the person I am, I don't think that that that's how it's going to work. Mm. If if it comes to like sharing my faith, I feel like talking about my story and talking about where I find meaning in a in a more like approachable way can bring people. More, into like you know um, what God may have to say to them but again that's something like that is still have it, that's something still that has yet to be formed I think yeah. um, something that God still has to reveal to me in fullness I don't think he'll ever you know reveal these things in fullness but something I'm kind of growing towards yeah no no I think it, it, it's it's um made me think about kind of different stages of things and the decisions you have to make at each point about um like what to continue in and why and it feels like you've kind of very deliberately thought about that and you're at a point of kind of thinking it through at this stage like where next yeah. what next mm-hmm. i think that's really important questions to ask um yeah just in general but also yeah, to do about yeah. to do about work and our creativity and stuff is to keep like you're doing actually keep checking in and thinking where is this going what's its purpose mm. um you know what what's what's god want from this what does he want mm. to do with this um where does he want to take me in that and i think they're actually really important questions to ask and to regularly ask ourselves during our process and I think that's a really great thing that you are constantly checking in with and hearing your story of like your of where you've come from your music and stuff the different steps and stuff it sounds like there's often been those moments of kind of checking in and, and reviewing where you're at and you seem to like have this re- you seem to yeah you seem to self self-analyze your music and your progression your career and things like that um in a, in a really healthy way which I think is a really important part to, that we should all do a lot more in our creativity is actually to look back at where we've come from and see how we've improved and to see you know where we're going on this journey in this process and, and also I like the fact that you say that you know that there's that you said there's things that maybe that God won't reveal um until until the till the very yes. end or even yeah. even then and I think that's a really interesting concept actually is that like we're going on this journey and there's God's always got new things and mm. things and actually to be attuned and listening to to where that could be and be open to where that might go but also to acknowledge that like mm. there's also more things ahead that God hasn't revealed for us and I think that's yeah just a really really interesting place to be Very. in yeah mm-hmm.
for sure. No worries. Nicole, Ben, that was so interesting. Really great to hear kind of the early years as well from kind of listening, like being a consumer to, you know, producing, making. That's, um, yeah, I think you kind of was, were really clear about that. That was yeah. good to hear. Yeah. yeah, and it's great to hear about Mr Smith and those yes, mental yeah. relationships that yeah. you've had um, to shape and grow. I think mm. it's really something that's really interesting. And, I mean, I know... Um, ben as well is kind of you've taken on that mental figure uh, at least for my brother I know you have mm-hmm. um, and so I think it's really it's really cool that you've mm. kind of like you were you had a mentor and now like that willingness that you have to yeah. share what you have and to be willing to like other people who are interested in music or interested in that career and you know to to, to mentor them and and to actually share share that knowledge that you've had passed mm-hmm. on to you I think it's like it's just testament to the cycle of, yes, of how yeah. these creative relationships yes, should be working. Yeah. It's like we, we people give us information, they share with us, they support us, yeah. they mentor us, yeah. and how then like we as as creators are called to then so replicate important. that to other people as well who want to yeah. who want to follow in our footsteps, and we have stuff we can pass on. Absolutely. Yeah, so I think that's really cool. Um, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, thanks Ben for being on the podcast. That was really cool, really interesting stuff. Yeah, it was really interesting for us all. And uh, we'll be back with another episode very soon.